What did I just say? Hey guys, I'm Sarah. And I'm Carrie. And we're too drunk to check. We really are getting better at it. I think we are. I mean, and I mean, there had to have come, like, we couldn't have fucked it up every time forever. Like, that's not possible, right? That would have been acting and fake. Yeah. And we're not, we're we're not that. No, we're genuines. If we are acting and fake when we tell you that we previously said this and we need to say it again. Yeah. But that's just because it's important information that we've said in the past. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So this episode, unlike all the other ones, is pure garbage. Yeah, the other ones were so good. (laughs) But I mean, I am going to put trigger warnings on this episode because I don't think it doesn't need those. (laughs) But but thankfully, it's not as blatantly awful. Like you don't have to watch anything really traumatic. It's implied. There there is the implication of... um, traumatic happenings yeah so it's not not something that you watch it and you're like oh shit that's right happening um but it's the implication and it does only happen one time so it's not like a and we'll warn you before that it's going to happen and we'll be like you need to plug your ears for like 30 seconds while we talk about this crappy scene and then you can plug your ears and then we'll be done. It'll be over. It's done. Yeah. And most of probably what we're going to talk about is just us complaining about why it's awful. Yeah. It's it's not anything that they actually like outright said. Yeah. It's not graphic. Yeah. It's just (laughs) the implication is real fucked up. Yeah. Either way, the episode is called Either Return. Way. Either Way. <laughs> the episode is called Return of the Archons. Mm-hmm. Which when I read that, I thought was really strange because there was never Archons previously. Yeah. So I didn't know how they could be returning, but we'll find out. Yeah. That's the mystery. We f- we do find that out. Yeah. So Sulu Sulu and somebody called O'Neill. Yes. Um are they're dressed in like colonial garb it's like Like old western kind of it's like kentucky fried chicken colonel sanders except for (laughs) they've got brown suits instead of white suits but they're little black ties and everything like it's yeah and they're very much running through like an old western set yeah (laughs) because it's like deserty with dirt roads it's i'm pretty sure it's the same set that uh, the episode Miri was filmed in. Yeah, there's probably tumbleweed. Yeah, but they're wearing like that Colonel Sanders esque yeah. tie and and you know suit, I guess. Yep. Um, and they are running, and they stop in this corner, and Sulu says, "Well, they're everywhere. They're following us, and they're talking about these very slow moving people in robes that are just like." walking towards them yeah they're they're not even like walking with a picked up pace like it's no. very slow it's and it's they would not be hard to get away from at all right uh no. no no definitely <laughs> if you bet you like pretty much would just have to like i don't know walk at a slightly accelerated pace yeah and you, you I, would just lap them i'm i'm pretty chubby not very fast and i could have gotten away so i know sulu and o'neill 
didn't have to have what happened to them happen to them. No. Uh, and what happened is um, O'Neill is like, we have to go, we have to go. And Sulu's like, no, we got to call onto the ship. And so Sulu calls the ship and O'Neill runs straight into this group of hooded, very slow walking people. And one of them walks up to Sulu with this long rod thing. It's like a, I don't know, like a bronze pipe of some sort. Yeah, a long pipe. Yeah, and he holds it up to Sulu. I say he. I don't actually know the gender of this person because they were robed and you never see their faces. Um, They hold it up to Sulu and it like makes this buzzing noise and then Sulu kind of like smiles and then he gets beamed up because he had called up to the ship to escape. Transported! Woo! We're in the transporter room. Everybody drink. Yeah. Uh, we forgot. Yeah. Kirk comes in. He's like, where's O'Neill? And Sulu's just like, who? And he's all crazy smiling. Because yeah. that's how he is now. He's crazy. Uh, they call McCoy to the bridge. And Sulu's just like, down there. It's paradise. And then he's like, they... They knew that we were Archons, which this one I didn't catch until a second watch through because I didn't know what Archons were and I didn't know it would be important. It also doesn't make any sense because like saying they knew that we were Archons, um, they're none of nobody is an Archon. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, Sulu's not an Archon now. And that's the other thing. Like, it seems like because spoiler, other people get brainwashed like this later on and when they do they never talk about basically their lives prior to like they never mention anything prior to becoming part of this hive mind spoiler again um so the fact that sulu says they knew we were archons with this crazy smile on his face really doesn't make any sense with the rest of the episode no but he says it. Yeah, but <laughs> and, that's what happens. Yeah. And Kirk's just asking him again, where's O'Neill? Where's O'Neill? And all Sulu's saying is like paradise. Well, like staring at the wall. Paradise. Paradise. And then well, we and he also intro. gets mad. So, no, no, no. Because okay. he gets mad because there's some guy wearing a blue uniform. And Sulu has his clothes. I don't know where they were. But oh, yeah, they were like, dressed like... To be there. Yeah, but he has his like uniform and he like throws it at the guy and he's like he starts yelling at him. Do you remember? Does he say like you're not part of the body or something like that? I don't even remember. I could have written that down, didn't because this episode was dumb. But he gets he gets mad at the guy and throws his clothes at him and he's like, You're something something. He probably said you're not part of the body. Yeah. Because that seems to be anytime somebody isn't a crazy hive-minded person they're not part of the body there maybe that's what he says they knew we were archons because he was mad like he throws the clothes and says they knew we were archons but yeah this is how it's stupid it doesn't matter who cares fast forward yeah it's so dumb and the intro is the same Yeah, intro Mm -hmm. two dudes still two dudes in the whole show only two people are in the show Yep. yep One of them plays an alien. I guess yeah. that's something. <laughs> a half non-mite. Yeah. <laughs> we get a captain's log where they are orbiting the planet. Uh, looking for a hundred year lost ship. Which, by the way, don't really think is that important. Because it has nothing to do 
with what actually is happening on this planet that I can tell because it's a yeah. hundred years old. No, so, it doesn't make sense. Nope. S- Sulu is still crazy. Um, they, so they beam down a party, a different party, and they're all wearing that colonial garb or like the, I, I don't even know what era Colonel Sanders technically is. I don't know. He's, he's the South. I know that. Yeah, it's very, like a Southern, I'm going to say like, yeah, like seven. Like they're like Southern gentlemen's. Yeah. They're wearing like, uh, blazers and they've got that weird little, like, basically just like a ribbon tied in a bow around their neck and some of them are wearing like a vest underneath more like a cummerbund almost like the really low vests i don't know what those are called do you carry no because like i feel like a vest would cover like your chest area and these were like below that but they button no that's a normal vest that's a vest okay yeah that's that's a normal yeah they're just vests Okay. Well, they're wearing, some of them are wearing vests, some of them aren't. Um, all of their clothes are different, like, fabrics and colors. I yeah. do think maybe we should take a moment to talk about what they're wearing, though, because I did, I don't like Kirk. I did like his blazer vest setup. I thought he it was definitely, nice. He had the most elaborate of them. He had, like, a, it was like a gold pattern on a black vest. It was pretty... Yeah, right. I think it was like navy blue. Well, the blazer, the blazer was navy blue, but I think the vest okay. was black. The vest was black, and the it was it was a little bit like that part kind of clashed. I feel like they meant to do like a black blazer, and they just fucked up, and it was navy yeah. blue. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, and then we have Spock, who I guess the only possible way they could think to hide his ears was to give him a big black robe with a hood, not a hat. Not a hat. He had like a shawl on, like a hooded shawl. Yeah. It was, and then, oh, well, this is going to be a little spoiler, but later he takes it off and he's got it, he's dressed in the period clothes. He doesn't have his uniform. So it's literally like they did that just to cover his ears. Right then. Unlike a hat. Yeah. You can just put a hat over your ears and have the bottom sticking out. The bottom of his ears are fucking fine. It's just the tops that, you know, bring shame or whatever. <laughs> it was really stupid. They definitely wore hats, right? Like a bowler hat would have made sense there or like a top hat. People were wearing hats. Yeah. People have just been wearing not- hats for a very long time. But not Spock. He's a monk. Yeah, that's true. He was definitely in some sort of monk garb. And. It was very, it was an interesting beam down outfit for Spock, I felt. Uh, he does notice that everybody's faces seem very blank and vacant. He's, he called it vacant contentment, yeah. which I don't know if I would put those two things together. Maybe that's like ignorance is bliss kind of. They were all smiling. Yeah, they just weren't like moving other true. than walking. They were all smiling. And they are greeted by a guy who's like, joy, my friends, joy to you. And he's crazy. For sure. Everyone here is crazy. Uh, They they start talking to him about uh, why they're there. And he says, it's almost the red hour, so we should find you a place to stay. Which implies, in and of itself, that he doesn't think they should be out during the festival. Right? Yeah. Or that, like, they need to figure out their room before six o'clock hits. Well, 
that's impossible because yeah. six o'clock hits in like two minutes. Yeah. <laughs> they uh, show the clock while they're talking and it's like 555. Yeah. You guys, yeah. yeah, you need to get a room like right now. You need to go, go, go. Yeah. And this woman walks by and the guy grabs her and he's like, hey, this is Tula. Her father will put you up for the night, right? And then she's like, yes, my father will put you up. And the way that they're talking, though, is really creepy. He's like, your father will put them up, right? Like, it's very, um, almost, like, childishly robotic. It's yeah. Not, they're not talking like normal people. There's no real inflection. It's, yeah. like, programmed inflection. It's, it's weird. I guess I should have said, yeah, it's like, joy, my friends. Joy to yes. you. Joy to you. Tula, your father will put them up for the night, right? Like, yeah, it's it's very, like... I don't want to say monotone, but kind of monotone. It's like when you program a robot to talk. It just oh, yeah. sound right. Do you guys remember that program on like the really old Macs where you could type in a sentence and it would read the sentence back to you? It's kind of what they sounded like. <laughs> Woo! So they are talking about something called the festival or the red hour. It gets mentioned a couple of times. And then after Tula says, yeah, my dad will put you up. The 6 PM bell rings. It's like that quick. It is like moments later. There's no way they were going to find a room and get it before. No. So I don't know what this guy was talking about. And as the 6 PM bell tolls, the woman screams and the fucking purge starts. Yeah. There's no other explanation. It's the purge. It's like everybody freaks out. Like women are like screaming and men are just grabbing. Oh, okay. Well, no, no, hold on, hold on. We we can go. We're going to. I think there's a little bit of a trigger warning here. Well, a little bit. There's like, so before the trigger warning, just to fill out the rest of the scene, um, people are like smashing windows yeah, like they are through windows it is just pure destruction it, they're being crazy um yeah. like just out of control basically and so this is where the trigger warning is going to come in so uh, i'm going to put my timer on here right now-ish so that we don't like talk too much because i don't know if you know this sarah but sometimes we do that that's true give us like a minute we're gonna okay. say a minute guys when are we starting okay Three, two, one, go. One minute from now. So there are men just grabbing, screaming women and throwing them over their shoulders and just running with them. And Tula is one of these women. The guy that they were talking to is like, Tula, come. And she's like, ah. And he like screaming. Yeah, she's like upset. He grabs her and he runs away with her. And you don't know at this point, like maybe he's trying to help her. We don't know, but later on, it definitely is not implied. So let's just talk about that part right now because we've got 30 seconds left. Okay. So later on, when she comes into the house screaming after 6 a.m. and everything is over. After the festival's done. She is mortified. She is like crying and screaming. Screaming. But not, it's, it's not in that like same kind of like oh, let's go wild. Like, she is, like, wailing oh, no. and weeping. Yeah. And it very much is implied rape happened. We have to be done now. Okay. That was it, okay. guys. It, it is implied terrible. Yeah. But we, okay. And so, the, but there's also just a whole lot of other chaos going on. So they run into a building. 
And this is, I guess, conveniently the building that Tula's dad is in, where their room is. They just, like, open a door and it's like, oh, this is what we were looking for. Good, I'm so glad. This is the one. And there's just three old men in there, like, walking down the stairs as they run in. And Kirk's just like, I didn't expect that welcome. And the three old men say, like, oh, strangers are here. Like, let's figure out what's going on. And they find out that one of these guys is Tula's dad. And they're like, well, Tula is outside. We need to go help her. And he says that I know, but it's the will of Landrew. And we don't know who Landrew is. We don't understand any of this at this point. Um, And they say that the young men should be outside partaking in this festival of, like, chaos, basically. They get shown to their room, and as they walk away, two of the old men are left behind. And one of them is saying, like, the lawgivers, they need to know about these people that are definitely outsiders, since one, they didn't know what the festival is, and two, they're not partaking in it. Yeah, they're not even. Yeah, they're they're not even trying to rape or pillage, so, like, what even is the point? And the other old man says, well, shouldn't they know already? (laughs) Like, and he's kind of like joking. It's kind of like a funny thing. And the other old man says, you mock them. And he says, they're not of the body. You'll see. And that's like the end of that scene. And I just want to like, I didn't do a lot of justice to the guy who made the joke about, well, shouldn't they already know? But he was funny. Yeah. And he. In like a. In, like, a sweet old man kind of way? Yeah. like Well, in, not- in, like, a... He was also kind of, like, a like a critical thinker. Yeah. He definitely had that air to him that was like, well, I mean, according to your philosophy, shouldn't they already know? <laughs> like, and yeah. he was just being funny about it. Yeah. Yeah. It was good. Yeah. yeah. I, I enjoyed like, it. I'm not giving credit anywhere to this stupid yeah. show. I don't like it. I know. But, I, I mean, that guy I did like. Like him, nothing else. So, uh, they get shown to their room. And by the way, the landing party, I guess, at this point is a few people we don't know. One new guy who's really upset about what's happened to Tula. He has yeah. a name. I don't remember it. They say it later, and we also they, didn't write it down. No, we wrote down O'Neill. We wrote down Tula. We wrote down enough names. By the time we got to the end of the this episode, when they do say it again, we were. We were. I didn't even it. write notes the first time. I ended them when I was like, I don't want to do this. And then the second time I just wrote what I did, but I'll read them later. But yeah. we gave up. I, it's pretty dumb. <laughs> like at points. Uh, I They get shown to their room and he said, like, he's kind of talking about the festival still. The guy that's led them up here, Tula's dad. And Kirk says about this festival like I want to know more and then he like shuts the window really fast because he's like okay obviously these people are not from here at at one point when they were downstairs they actually said something like you must be from the valley but if they were from the valley they'd also know because Landrew is everywhere so like Yeah, that was the part that kind of confused me. Like, how would they not know anybody that, like, where are new people coming from? Where would they come from but space? (laughs) They're a fucking hive mind. Like, they're all the same person. It it definitely seems implied that the hive mind is this planet. Yeah. if If you act like everyone on the planet, they can't necessarily tell. 
But if you're acting differently, like everybody knows that you're not right. And you're also not connected to them. And so they probably would be like, oh, I don't, I don't feel the connections with that brosif. That brosif's bad. Bad. This guy shuts the window really fast. And he's talking about the festival now. Um, and he's like, we, we need to have a discussion. We have until morning to figure this out. Basically, Kirk tells Spock, we need to, we need to really think about this. I want to have a plan of action by morning. And then just like over time like and by the way they one don't have a plan of action when they wake up really Mm -mm. they don't explain anything that happened here all we know is that time passes and spock's like laying in bed with his eyes open everybody else is asleep everyone else is asleep and i think spock's supposed to be asleep at this point but when he walks by him he's definitely just laying there with his eyes open which by the way would be super creepy if spock sleeps with his eyes open or maybe he's just like super into his deep thoughts He's meditating. Yeah. <laughs> that, I mean, okay. He that's thinks fine. so hard. Mm-hmm. That he has to just, yeah, meditate for it. Uh-huh. So, uh, Kirk is looking out the window. Time has passed. We're coming up on 6 a.m. The It, like, I, I guess it, like, the bell tolls again, and everybody's chill. Like, it's literally like he's looking at the street where people are, like, running around and screaming and there's, like, this one woman that was super into everything. Like, she was very okay with the purging that was going on. Yeah. And she just, like, stops, like, making out with this man and just, like, walks off. Yeah, everybody just goes right back to their, like, slow, vacant contentment. Yep. There Every- is broken shit everywhere. All the windows are broken. There's just, like, debris all over the place. Yeah, which, which I, I want to... I want to point out one thing. Why do they call it the red hour when it lasts for 12? 12. The red 12 hours sounds bad. <laughs> you know what? You're right. You're 100% right. The red half a day. <laughs> the red half day. That kind of sounds good, actually. That does. The red half day. No, it's the, they call it the red hour. Mm-hmm. Stupid. But it was definitely 12 hours. It was yeah. 6 p.m. to 6 On the a. dot. On the dot. Uh, the other thing I want to point out about this is it's kind of implied that this is a daily thing, but we don't know. We can't, I, we have, Carrie and I tried to listen, but then we got bored and talked. So they they might've said if it wasn't daily, but like my first impression was that this happened every day. Like, cause like the whole point is they have to get everything figured out in the morning before 6 PM when it starts again. I kind of feel like because it's Star Trek, the the idea of a festival implies that it's like once a year a kind of thing. Of and special occasion. It, it would be just like Star Trek because, I mean, they just magically found their way into the place where they had rooms. Like they just happen on a planet five seconds before uh, the purge starts. The like one day of the year when they have the purge. Yeah. Like that's, I, I, it's I'm not sure right. unreasonable. So, and it would make more sense. Remember when it would be so hard to hit the Romulan ship because they couldn't see it, and yet somehow they hit it every <laughs> single time they yeah. shot their face. I guess every I single time. But like, I was, I was thinking about the fact that when they got there, like nothing was broken, nothing seemed out of place, nothing was weird. But like four seconds after they talked to a person. 
yeah. windows are breaking. And like later on when they're in the streets, it's just chaos everywhere still. So Yeah. It was I don't know, whatever. So it must not be daily, but they'd never say when or why this happens. Nope. They never explain when or why this happens. There's yeah. no reason given for why there is a purge. Yeah. However often it is. Maybe it's once a quarter. Maybe they're quarterly purges. Quarterly purges. Yeah. We don't know. They never yeah. they never talk about it again. Once the purge yeah. is over, it, it's, done. it's six o'clock in the morning. We don't talk about it again. I yeah, I guess not. And like the show does not mention it again. That's it. it we're really done. Like and if, it, if it did, maybe we were talking through it, but it not both times. Yeah, because the first time we were paying attention and we still didn't get it. Here, um, we're purge is over, dudes were sleeping, and then we are back in the house where they are, and we're downstairs. And uh, Tula comes in and she's upset because of the things that we talked about previously that we're not yeah. going to go into detail again about. Um, and we're not going to talk about like, how upset she was. Yeah, she was she was pretty bummed enough that uh, Kirk was like, oh, why don't you give her a shot? Like, yeah, and he didn't know gin. No. He wants one of those like future techie shots. Yeah. And the dude's like, no, 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 no. This is just the purge. Like, just let her be. Like, this is how it is. And but then they're like, take her though. He does. Yeah. Give her. Yeah. He, but they also like the guy that's with them that we don't know his name, that he does do numerous things from this point on. He says like, you're like Tula was out there. Like what kind of a father are you that you didn't do anything about that? And the dad was just like, it's the will of Landrew. Yeah. It's the will of Landrew. The will of Landrew. Yeah. So like, that's something that we are getting hit over the head with chaos and abuse and bad things are okay if your god says that they need to be done oh my god that is so unlike modern society no, modern society would never feel like anything was just the will of something i'm giving a look right now just so everybody knows yeah read on the notes mccoy takes her and he gives her the sedative and at this point, they're being questioned, like, did you not attend the festival? Like, why wouldn't you do that? You must not be of the body. And this is this is the old men again. And the, one of them, I think this was her dad, says, are you archons? And Kirk is like, what if we are archons? Because I don't know what that means. Yeah. <laughs> you could be afraid of them. And if you are afraid of them, I have the upper hand. Whatever yeah. they are, maybe. Okay, I do now remember who's in this room having this conversation because it's the the cool guy that made the funny joke. Yep. And then it's the dad. Yep. And then it's the away team, basically. Yeah. So they're like, okay, well, we need to hide you because you are not of the body. So at this point, they they realize, I don't know how they didn't realize before and hide them no. before, but what the fuck ever. Whatever. They knew before. I don't know what's going on here. So. The asshole that was like, you mock Landrew in the previous, like, scene with the funny old guy was like, I he walks in with the lawgivers because he's a narc. Which are the dudes with the brown robes and the giant yeah, pipe. The lawgivers. the lawgivers. They have this giant pipe that shoots sparks and smoke and kills people. And they say that the nice old guy, what's his name? Did I ever write his name down? I probably did. No. So either way, they say, like, um... 
you need to come out because the narcs told on him and said that he mocked Landrew and that these people are not of the body and all this stuff. Like standing in front of him and they're like, you just need to, you know, you get out of the way. You need to come here um, because uh, you broke the will of Landrew. So, and he does like a good person. I think he's trying to protect these people. He comes out and he says something that, implies that he wasn't he says I wasn't mocking it was just a jest it was funny I stand by that I like that old man but either way they they murder him with yeah with the pipe they shoot sparks and smoke at him and then he just closes his eyes and dies yeah and it's just like it's not even like it's maybe one sparkler at the end of the pipe it's not even like a good one it it is kind of implied later on that nothing about that pipe actually killed him like something else did but it's not easily explained what that something else was because there are people who are resisting landrew and his hive mind so like yeah they, they also just don't even talk about that ever again yeah so they kill him with sparks and smoke and they say that everybody else there needs to be absorbed. Um, and they're like, Landrew is gentle. Like, you need to come with us. And Kirk's like, nah, bitches, I'm not going anywhere. And they're like, no, you must come. And he's like, no, I'm not going. I'm still not going to go. So yeah. and this is where it gets even stupider, if it's possible. Like, the two lawgivers stop. And they turn and they face each other and they start like loading, I guess. They're just like, and they're not like functioning anymore. And then Spock comes over and gives Kirk way too much credit. He's just like, how did you know that this would happen? And Kirk has some stupid, like, I observed their comp, blah, blah, blah. blah. I realized it must be some compulsive involuntary stimulant. Which is not. What does that have to do no. with the computers? Like that's I just, don't. That's just a bunch of big words he knew strung together. And then Spock, for once, is wrong because he says that's logical. No, it's not. No, it isn't. It's not. And so, like the lawmakers come back online and they're like, "Let us rephrase. Um, you still have to come with us." Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing. Yeah. Maybe you didn't hear us the first time, but um. Like, Even though you said no, you got to come. Like, that's... You really do have to come. Yeah. And Kirk asked, like, why did you kill this guy? He was nice. And they said, well, it's the will of Landrew. And then Kirk says, okay, well, tell Landrew that we'll come in our own time and that we'll speak to him. And also he's a bitch. And so they start, like, buffering again. Because I think they don't under they don't know how to compute this information that they're getting from Kirk. So they like they call it communing. And they're yeah. like, oh good, they're communing and they're processing. This, they're processing. As this is happening, Spock picks up the tube and he's like, Oh, there's no like mechanism or like anything in here. And it's like, yeah, okay, we get it. Like this never comes up again, guys. Ever. Nope. nope. What was the tube? Why didn't it have a mechanism in it? What? How did it work? (laughs) How does they never explain that? And that's why I assume 
my theory, my going theory at this point is that it is a uh, Landru zaps them with the hive mind to kill them. Okay. I don't know why there were sparks that came out of the thing. Maybe it's a computer simulation. I don't know. because He was finding the hive mind. He was one of the people that's not technically part of the body. I don't know. It doesn't make any sense. The whole thing's dumb. None of it makes sense. And at this point, the dad's like, okay, we need to hide you guys while they're commuting. Like, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. And so they go outside. And this scene is, it's basically, I assume, what Shaun of the Dead scene was based on when they just... (laughs) Tend to be zombies and they're walking they're like oh yeah. <laughs> through the crowd because all they do is like they just like walk through the crowd with these vacant smiles on their faces yep and oh, guys smile vacanter yeah guys stop talking because they're gonna know you're not part yeah. of the body i Shut guess the fuck up they can hear you, idiots. <laughs> yeah, they can still hear you. And this is where this. So it's the guy whose name we didn't write down. Yeah, comes stupid because he sees the gentleman who, like, at one point had pointed that he had said, like, "Hey, go talk to Tula's dad about the house." It's that guy, and he's like, "That's the man um, that took your daughter." As what I'm going to say there, and um, he's like, "He didn't do it." It, Landrew, it was the will of Landrew that did it. So the dad is, while fighting whatever's going on here, he is still very obviously on some level brainwashed by uh-huh. this. Like, so it's a society he's lived in his whole life. Yes, he is making some rich excuses. Yeah. But he's, I think, under, like, if, if this is all you ever knew, I think he's doing pretty well. He's trying. Yes. Not, but like at the same time, I think he also knows the consequences of acting out and trying to stop this. So he's dealing with the moral conundrum of how much can I fight versus how much do I, how much can I compromise to continue fighting? I guess. Am I going to get caught? And if I get caught, does that undo everything that I have? you know tried then what point like yeah it's it's a it's a you know i get it he's trying but that is pretty fucking fucked up it was yeah it wasn't him it was landrew who did that that's fucked up i mean it is it was landrew because they're all brainwashed they're all brainwashed and there's i guess some sort of stimulant in the air that they never talk about again at this point (sighs) This, this episode really it's a hard one it's basically the purge in space, but yeah. with no reason. Yeah. A completely nonsensical, illogical purge in space. Yeah. The end. It, yeah, it's so dumb. So they, he's like, you, we need to calm down. Like, just be chill, guys. Be chill. Like, act like you're be not. Cool, be cool, be cool. But everybody then notices because they were having like a full on conversation in the middle of the street. So like. One Surrounded woman, by people. Yeah. One woman stops and looks at them. And then everyone else stops and looks at them. And they're like, okay, Cephas just done. Like, we don't want to hurt these people. Oh, and shit. Busted. No, you're not of the body. So they run and they run and they run. And they're stunning people. And one of the people they stun is O'Neill. And 
Kirk's like, this is one of ours. He's one of ours. Like, we need to take him with. And the dad is like, he's been absorbed. Like, when he wakes up, he's going to give us away. We can't take him. Um, if we take him, they're going to find out your archons. Things are bad. Yeah. Uh, Landrew is just going to know where we are. Yeah. So even, gonna- even if I take you to the safe place that I know is safe, as soon as that guy wakes up, we're going we're gonna to get caught. You can't take him. Fuck this it. is a, another reason that I feel like the dad and the guy who died, like, I don't think that they're part of Landrew. No, they're not. Yeah. So Because they how, can resist. How could Landrew have killed him with his brain? With the pipe? Because he wasn't part of Landrew. I don't, I don't know. None I know, of it makes any sense. <laughs> like, I don't how, know what happened. How else did he kill him? Because, I, I mean, that know. was just my theory. But, you know, there's nothing in the pipe. The guy's obviously dead. So, it does. I, none of it makes sense. No, it really, really doesn't. So, it really doesn't. They, they do take this man, O'Neill, either way. Like, like, yeah, Kirk is they not take him, let it happen. He's, we're taking him with us. He's one of ours. Which, good job, Kirk, on that one. I, I don't blame you. And they, they go into this building where they're hiding, and the dad guy pulls out a shiny square of material they call it they call it a lighting panel yeah it's a light panel it's yeah bright and he says this came from a time before landrew and spock points out like this is way too advanced for this culture like this has to have come from somewhere else or something else like it's not it doesn't make sense for it to be where it is shouldn't be in fucking colonial america yeah and they are talking about O'Neill, who should be waking up soon. And the dad, again, I should have written his name down. I don't know. Yeah, at name. least his. That would have been smart. He was he, kind of a main character. This, this episode a lot. He's just yeah. I don't know what his name is. Uh, he says, we can't let him wake up. He's been absorbed. Like, he, they're going, the others will find us. And they're going to know that you... That you're the Archons, basically. Yeah, that where we are, they're going to catch us. And he is telling them about how there are others like him and like their friend who died who resist. And Kirk asks, how are you guys organized? And this is also stupid. He says, we're organized in threes. It was me and Tamar, who's the dead old guy whose name I didn't remember, but I did write it down here. And then he says, and I don't know the other person because Tamar was my contact. This is horrible organizing on their part. (laughs) And like, so how do you even know that you're organized in threes? If you don't even know one of your three, how are you certain there's other threes? Like, why? Like, I would would understand if he didn't know the names of the other threes, because then he can't compromise them, right? But how can you even be certain that there are other threes? If you can't even know one of the threes in your group. In your group. What makes you believe that there's another threes out there? There, I mean, I don't know. Tamar must have told him. Because Tamar was his contact. This is dumb. Tamar gets to know all all of the people in his group. (laughs) But also, I mean, Tamar seemed like, like Sarah said, he was kind of a critical thinker. But he yeah. didn't seem like run an underground organization completely solo kind of critical thinking. No. Like He's he made it free. <laughs> he made like a religious joke 
in front of somebody that he knew would turn him in if for making a religious joke. Like he's Maybe not thought they yeah. were friends. He he underestimated the power of the body. <laughs> the power of friendship. I think he <laughs> overestimated the power yeah. of friendship. Yeah, but, overestimated the power. Yeah, you know, he's lived in this society his entire life. Like you don't fuck with Landrew, and he That's just true. like was like, "Ha ha, fucking with Landrew." Obviously, this old staunchy guy is gonna be like, "Oh, huh, you're gonna die." Yeah, I guess I just have like a little bit of empathy for that because I feel like I might do that at some point. <laughs> there, you are not one of my three. Okay, there yeah. I said it. I would just be like, but this is going to be funny. I should yeah, this, this is a really good joke. I promise. I'm definitely still <laughs> so worth it. it. It's, not, it's so worth it. No one's going to be happier at the end. But I can't <laughs> not say it. <laughs> yeah. It's just this. We knew that that's how it was going to end. Sarah was going to die because of a bad joke. Like okay. that's, that's also real life. That's not yeah. even pretending to be in the show. That's. <laughs> I sent Tim a thing. It was a meme and it was, I might have sent it to you. I don't know if I sent it to you, but it was one, there was like a person in ancient Greece or something that died laughing at his own joke. And I was like, oh my God, it's me. (laughs) (laughs) I found me. I don't don't think you sent it to me, but. Oh, it's so good. Our jokes are funny, Carrie. I think we're hilarious. Absolutely. I don't know if it's worth dying for. But I would still probably do it. I know. I know you would. That's why you keep me in my three. Yeah, at the time, I wouldn't be like, this is a bad idea. I'd be like, this is a really funny joke. <laughs> so either I'll way. miss you. I'll miss you. I really will. <laughs> you don't have to be part of my three. It'll be me and me and me. Yeah. I'll, me, I'll me, me. Me, me. <laughs> you, David, and George. You're part of the three. Oh, I'm not going to make David be part of my three. Because <laughs> you love him? Yeah. Want <laughs> you him want him to live? Yeah. <laughs> so... We're moving on. (laughs) Anyhow. They're still talking. I've written this down like three times. He can't wake up. He'll give us away because they say it at like three different points. Like we get it. He can't wake up. He'll give you away. What's going to happen if he wakes up? He'll give us away. How how do you, what, but what's going to happen? He's, I think he might give them away if he wakes up. Jesus. Yeah. It was stupid. (laughs) <laughs> so dumb. And I and then we are talking about how Landrew at some point in the past did like take a starship out of the sky. And this like triggers Kirk to be like, I need to call the Enterprise right now. now. Oh shit, there's a uh, I got a spaceship. They got things <laughs> that they can do to the sky. Like yeah. oh. talk to Scotty. So he calls up to Scotty and Scotty's like, Oh, good timing. We're under attack. <laughs> So, yeah. Again, coincidentally. Yeah, just perfect timing. There's heat beams that are, like, destroying their orbit for some reason that I don't understand. Um, if the beams don't stop, they will. their orbit will decay in 12 hours. So Kirk's and they like, can't oh. do anything about them. Yeah, they can't. Like their shields are going down. There's nothing, yeah. there's nothing the Enterprise can do. So Kirk's like, don't worry. I'll stop the beams because I can do everything because I'm Kirk. My impression of Kirk. Just like him. That was it. Thank you. Wow. Uncanny, right? <laughs> Uncanny. That was the yeah. word that I was thinking but couldn't get out of my mouth. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> so, Spock says that he feels sensor beams because that's a Vulcan thing, I guess. 
And he's like, I can't block him. I think he might be using his little, like, camera machine thing that he has on his Yeah. I don't know what it is. Uh, (laughs) And then there's a hologram that is Landrew. And he's just, like, a Grecian guy. I'm not going to call him a god because he was just an old man with, like, hair. With, like, puffy hair. With, like, yeah, poofy. He... He kind of reminded me of when uh, Peter Capaldi was in that episode of Doctor Who before he was the Doctor. Oh, yeah. That's what he looked like. But like, I think with bigger hair, though. I don't like it was like it, they, it was like hairsprayed <laughs> up and out. It was but large. It was gray and curly. Yeah. And up. It yeah. There's a lot of it. And he's wearing like this bronzy copper toga. And he is talking. And Spock says, it's a projection. It's not real. Duh. Yeah. Well, and so it's it's like very, it's translucent. And the guy just fucking talks and talks and talks. And he talk, he talks so much. And then Kirk obviously is getting mad at him. And he's like, he starts trying to, yeah, he, he started like, he's trying to, to like yell at him because he's real mad because he's, you know, Kirk. And then Spock is like. Uh, it's her projection, dude. Like, it's yeah. not going to answer. So, um, I'm trying to talk to this. Yeah. Thing. It's a recording, basically. Yeah. It's like it got Landrew's voicemail. You might as well just quit yelling at it because yeah. it's not going to answer you. And he like, Landrew is saying, in my, my world is perfect. Um, there's no hate. It's a world without hate. There's no evils. And I, I wrote, arguable. Yeah. Like There's we, some. In one minute, we discussed very quickly how that is arguable. Yeah. I don't want to go into further how it's arguable, but that I'd call it evil. It's evil. It wasn't there not are, evil. There are evils in your world, Landrew. Yeah. You have uh, a festival for them. Or evils. <laughs> yeah. You, like specifically set aside festival yeah. for evil things to happen. And then Kirk is still trying to talk to him. He's like, I, we mean you no ill will. And Landrew's still talking. Has been since the beginning of time. And Spock's finally just like, stop trying to talk to it. Like, yeah, quit it, idiot. You. <laughs> You're Jesus. not going to get an answer. Jesus Christ, Kirk. Yeah. I told you already. And then Landrew's finally like, you will be absorbed. Uh, <laughs> for Sorry, the good. It's going to happen. And there's like this spinning noise it's like like the the buzzing that apparently is supposed to signify that everybody's brains are gonna explode because they're all like holding their heads and like slowly falling to the ground so like yeah, some kind of like sonic noise yeah it's like a so- I don't, it's a spinning noise a spinning noise and they all just lay down we get a captain's log at this point that the enterprise is under attack by ray by these heat rays and that scotty is in charge uh and that the party has been taken by landrew and they're in this they're they wake up in this dungeon Mm -hmm. and there's all these styrofoam bricks just every like there's no possible way we could have drank for fake rocks but we we didn't even mention it we should have at least had one no, well, I mean, I've had plenty. Forgot about it. I know we just we're at the point now we don't really drink anymore to the drinking. I mean, we do sometimes, but for the most yeah. part, we just drink to get through it. We just drink to survive because yeah. it's so bad. Yep. And they're in this dungeon. O'Neill 
and the I assume the dad guy. I wrote O'Neill and Guy gone. <laughs> the only guy I could think of that it would be is the dad. Oh, wasn't it Bones? Was Bones gone? Yeah, because remember he's the one oh. that. <laughs> I don't care about him anymore. He's just <laughs> my cr- my crush on him died episodes yeah. ago. So he's not a person anymore. No, fuck bones. Doesn't count. Yep, fuck bones. So the phasers are gone. Yeah, they're just there by themselves in their thoughts. Yeah, it's it's all very strange. This, Kirk says he has a headache, and Spock's like, "Oh yeah, it was that um, hypersonic sound that we heard." Like. Could have it could have killed us, but they chose not to. And then the lawmakers come in. Oh wait, no, they don't. Not yet. Spoilers. So they're discussing. They're discussing the lawmakers. So I think they're trying to make a plan at this point. Unlike the time they were supposed to make that plan for the morning, for like twelve hours. Yeah, they had twelve <laughs> hours to make a plan. That just <laughs> dawned on me. Twelve hours. They did nothing. Like, what are they even trying to do here? <laughs> I guess get O'Neill back. Yeah. Uh, so without trying they're talking about how the lawmakers seem to be unable to cope with anything unexpected and Spock i says, also have a difficult time coping with anything unexpected so i get it i get it, I get it's it. Hard. yeah i feel ya. you that's know, a solid statement it is hard to cope yeah. with it really is yes. um Spock does point out that they shouldn't count on that happening again. Like, that was a good tactic that one time you used it, probably on purpose, right, Kirk? Wink, yeah. wink. Yeah, let's he not rely not- on it, though. Let's not bet our lives on it. <laughs> he was definitely, he did not do that on purpose. He was just being stubborn, and it worked out in his favor. And, and I being Kirk the asshole, it worked out that one time. One time. That's probably so, why Spock was like, but we're not going to rely on you being an yeah, asshole. Like, yeah, but Kirk, it probably won't work again. Yeah, you did it that one time. You got you got your glory. Either way, the lawgivers, are they lawgivers or the lawmakers? It must be the lawgivers because I wrote lawgiver. I don't know. I didn't write anything. Dudes with robes. The guys with the robes. Yeah, um, robe dudes. They're like, are they computers? And Spock says, no, I think they're just people uh, that are being like fed information. And when they don't have what they need, like they have to, I, I assume what they're saying is they have to reconnect with the hive mind to like yeah. figure out what they're supposed to do next. Yeah. Try to get some sort of consensus. If it's not like an obvious answer, they need to consult with the hive. I guess. And at this point, McCoy comes back and he crazy now. He's got yeah. smile and he's all and he's also like we didn't talk about McCoy's blazer, but it's awful. Like the it color is, is really nice, but it but it's fabric. it's like somewhere between a thermal undershirt and burlap. Mm-hmm. Like if you mix those together and kind of made it flatter. Yeah, it was terrible. If burlap could be made of wool, yeah, <laughs> yep, it's it's ugly. It's yep, it's it was so terrible. Uh, it's fine because bone sucks. It's true. Like the cut would have been good. It was a good color. It was like a nice slate gray, I guess. No, it was lighter than that. It was, it was a good color. It was just such a bad fabric, and then it yep. had. Like trim that was shinier than yeah, it. like satin trim. Oh god, 
I don't know what they I, like. The wardrobe department's usually pretty good, and Kirk's outfit was fine, but that one, I don't know. What Probably like, on. um, shit. We forgot to make something for bones. Uh, yeah. Anybody have yeah, enough material? Anything? anything? Burlap? I don't care. Yeah. And that's what uh, they went with. Run it. Here's where things get confusing for me because we have seen evidence that Sulu remembered prior to being like part of the hive mind. He said they thought we were Argons or Archons or whatever, right? Yeah. And now Kirk's like, oh, Bones, like you're here. And he says, you know me? Yeah. Just completely no clue yeah. about anything. And then Kirk's like, do you, like, do you recognize me? And he's like, oh, well, we all know each other in Landrew. Like, it's, he's just like this crazy part of the hive mind now that just, if he has memories, he does not acknowledge them in any yeah. way. Yeah. And he's like shaking, like Kirk is shaking bones at this point. And he's like, you have to remember me. Like, remember who I am. I'm your buddy or whatever. Like, yeah. The only way that Kirk can handle things is to be like violent about it. Yeah. And the center of the attention. Yes. We're best friends, dude. And Bones is like, Landry remembers. Um, he knows and and he watches and you're not part of the body. And it's all so stupid. Yeah. Uh, uh, so <laughs> It gets worse. <laughs> yeah. So the guys in robes come and they say, okay, well, it's your turn, Kirk. You have to go. And Spock's like, it's okay. Like, you should go with them. Like, don't resist. And Kirk's like, okay, well, you work on Bones. I'll go figure out what's going on over here. So Spock stays with McCoy. And I do stand by. I think even if Bones were mind controlled, he would get annoyed enough with Spock to remember who he was. I think that's a fair assessment, honestly. I'd stand because by that's, that. That's like the only thing he does anymore in the show is just get pissed off at Spock. So, yeah. I, I have written Bones is mad at Spock more times than any other note. Bones gets mad at Spock. Yeah, because that's that's his trope now. Yeah. That's what he does. What he do? He's, he doesn't uh, ever add anything of value to the show. He just gets mad at Spock the end and it goes usually on some sort of stupid diatribe about why he's mad at spock yeah because spock's too logical yep yep Makes yep me so mad. either way kirk leaves and bones is like joy go meet with landrew because he's crazy you know yep and then we go to this other room where kirk is like tied to a wall and the lawmakers are just, like, leaving him with this guy. I, I called him the Orange Monk because I don't know what his name was. And he looked pretty Orange Monkey. He was, like, in orange. He had, like, big long robes. Like, they looked like religious robes, whereas the yeah. other dudes were in, like, hooded uh, poor monk robes. Like they <laughs> Oh, yeah. They're definitely a different style because this yeah. one, it wasn't hooded. It was... There was ornate stuff. Yeah. yeah. It... It was a different outfit, and it was orange. Yeah. Done. Yep. The orange monk guy. Orange monk. He gets left with Kirk 
And then we go back to the dungeon where Spock has mind melded with McCoy, which we forgot to drink for. Hold on. Drink for me. Okay. Please drink for me, Argentina. Thank you. <laughs> That's a big one. Good. Uh, right. Mind meld with McCoy. And he but says there's nothing to meld with. No, he says that he's had he's um under some sort of extremely powerful control. And so the guy, the dad, I think, is like, well, what do we do? And and Spock, I do love Spock. He's like, I don't know. I guess we wait. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. What are you gonna do? <laughs> yeah, like, what else would we do? I don't know. Um, and at this point, the lawmakers come back and they're like, all right, Spock, your turn. And Spock's like, I guess I'm going. And the music's like, dun, dun, dun. Yeah. Wait's over. Now yeah. I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to go with those dudes. I'm going to go get mind wiped. So, yeah. and this was, I had a theory that what was going to happen was they were going to try to mind wipe Spock, but it wouldn't work. And then we were oh, going to yeah. have to drink because they pointed out that he was half alien. But instead, what happens is, is Kirk is, they, we go to the room and Kirk has been brainwashed from what we can understand. He's all sorts of happy. Yep. He sees Spock and he says, joy to you, friend. And then there's the crazy music. It's like, dun, dun, dun. Yep. And there's like a commercial break here after Kirk has left the room. And we come back to Spock all tied up on the wall. And it's just him and the orange monk whose name is Markon? Markion? Maybe? We're going to call Mark. I'm call him Mark moving on. Mark. Mark the monk. Mark. Yep. The mork. <laughs> the mork. The mork. <laughs> Perfect. Yes. Perfect. And he basically just undoes spock and they become friends they become fast friends i've been reading a lot of jane austen so <laughs> Jesus. sarah this is not jane austen i'm just saying they become fast friends and he says uh kirk is pretending you need to do the same thing like yeah he's like haha like landrew will hear you if you say anything so just like Pretend like I mind mel I mind controlled you, okay, dude? Because apparently they can't tell if you're pretending. Yeah, I don't know why. So <laughs> stupid. I don't understand it at all. And it 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 really doesn't make any sense, right? No, because and this is like maybe this is what they later base the Borg on, but the Borg know what each other are doing at all times. The Borg. That's a mind. Yeah, that's a that's a fucking hive mind. Whatever this shit is is garbage because they can like see what you're seeing. Like it is a goddamn hive mind, and each yeah. one of the individuals uh, that's part of the collective is, you know, they're there. But it's everybody can tap into that hive mind or that person and you know experience what they're experiencing. This one, they can't even tell if they're there. Like, I, it's so stupid. I cannot believe I didn't pick up on the fact that these were definitely what the borg is based on like, i mean no way it's not it's it's some some other robotic computer thing just collects people it collects people no you're at, to do see? their bidding yeah. no i i think you're absolutely right it, but the borg was just done better yeah i think that's the only reason i'm on the show is because i throw out something crazy and then 
You're like, oh shit, yeah, that's right. Well, no, like, because I don't like, pay I attention because you can have people who were part of the hive mind that have broken off. We have like seven of nine, and we yeah. have. Uh, and they can still sense them. They can still feel them. Like yeah. it's not. It's not like this. Like if if they tried to get the dead dude and the dad to be a part of the hive, there's no way that a hive mind wouldn't be like, oh, that guy resisted, and yeah. now they're just people. Like they would have killed him because they would yeah. never. They wouldn't I have mean, become the part of the hive mind. The Borg did it better. Like when yeah. they when they figured out the Borg, they did the storyline much, much better. Much better. I, I do think that this is probably the precursor to the Borg. Yeah. Like I and and it like it doesn't make any more sense now. Maybe <laughs> that's why that. the Borg is so good because they watched this episode and they were like, that's fucking stupid. That's so goddamn dumb. Let's do it right, guys. Let's let's fix it. We're gonna we're gonna make this the story that they tried to tell in the 60s and failed miserably at. Fucking did the worst job. Which is, I think, a lot of Star Trek TNG, honestly. That Yeah. Because <laughs> they also read it that, though I did really like the Space Drunk episode. <laughs> like, the Naked Time versus the Naked Now. They're stupid. They're, but they're good. That's where we met Kevin Thomas Riley. That's true. And I do love maybe it. that's maybe that's why it was good though because it didn't seem to take that episode didn't take itself seriously. No, that episode was fun. That was fun. This is not fun anymore. This is yeah. Like and shore leave was a terrible episode, but at least it didn't really take itself seriously either. Yeah. And we had Mackin on, so that was fun. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was. Either either way. <laughs> either way. Say it now. You've ruined it for no, me. No, no. First of all, you have done that normal several times. You don't even know when you're doing it all the time. It's true, I don't. But and second, <laughs> yeah. But second of all, I say anyhow. Like anyhow. that's mine. You have either way, and I go anyhow. So we've <laughs> we've got our things. They're just different things that are the same things. Anyhow, it's how we get back into our story. Yeah. The uh, <laughs> pay attention now. Lock one hundred percent is definitely mind controlled now he's not yeah. uh but he is pretending and the lawmakers come in and he's like joy be with you friends and they take spock back to the dungeon where he's like hey captain are you normal wink 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 they're doing a very bad job bones like, is I right behind him you can <laughs> see bones who has obviously good. been super brainwashed he's super <laughs> Super part of the hive, and they're yeah. like five feet. Like we're in a global pandemic where they say keep six feet away, and he is four to five feet away. He can hear. They're not even whispering. They're not even trying. He's not even one adult llama away. No, and they're just like, yeah. All right, you're feeling cool, right? And then Kirk's like, yeah, I feel totally cool. Like, let's make a plan. And then Bones is like, whoa, buddies. Uh, <laughs> How are you doing? They're like joy and peace and whatever, brother. Blah blah. Yeah. Like I did. My notes say, uh, "Peace and tranquility." You cool? And then McCoy notices that this is not the way of Landrew. Yeah. <laughs> so obvious and stupid. And then Kirk's like, "No, no, Buns. No, we're we chill. We chill. Yeah. We cool. Cool, cool, cool. Be cool, my uh, baby." Yeah. Um. I wrote handmaiden talk because. They had to pretend like yeah. they like we're we're part of the body. Yeah. Uh, 
joy joy to you, friend. Well, and the uh, worst thing is Bones is like, oh yeah, you are cool. You said oh, joy and tranquility. Oh, joy and tranquility, or like, uh, what's the one that they say? Uh, Blessed be the fruit. Yeah, <laughs> something like that. His eyes upon you. His eyes upon you. one of those ones. Yeah, it was definitely uh, like that. Yes. Cool, cool, cool. Everybody is being chill. I guess that at some point here, they Bones is like, "Whoa, you're not chill, guys. Yeah, you're you are not, not chill at all. <laughs> this is this is a lie." He's Bones is like basically narcs. Uh, my next note is Bones is a narc. Bones is a narc. I think right. Oh, okay. So there's a little tiny bit before Bones is a narc. Oh yeah, dudes come. So they're. They are discussing how if the routine is disrupted, they have to, like, sit there and try and compute or buffer until they get new orders. Landrew is obviously not a human, is something that they're talking about here. Duh. Uh, what? Odd. Um, so they, they're they discussing how they have to pull the plug on Landrew. Like, he has to die. And at this point, Spock brings up the Prime Directive. And he's like, well, what about the Prime Directive? Like, we're not supposed to interfere with something like this. And Kirk says, well, that only applies to a growing culture. Would you consider this culture growing? I feel like maybe the Prime Directive stops applying when your entire starship is going to get pulled from the sky and destroyed. And also, it's a hive mind. And it's a hive. Nobody has, there's no free will. There's no, this isn't culture. Well, and that's that's what I think Kirk was saying. Yeah. Like, would you consider this a growing culture in any way? (laughs) Like, yeah. So they're having a very open conversation about how this is not a growing culture. The Prime Directive doesn't apply. And McCoy's just like, you guys, you guys aren't part of the body. And trick me, you pieces of shit. Fuckers. You said (laughs) joy. And tranquility and shit. And now you're not even joyous or tranquil. Yeah. You don't believe in any of those things. And he's like, guys, they're not part of the body. And so. Narc. He's, he definitely narcs on them. And he yep. gets. Uh, there's They throw some punches. And there's a muscle tussle. Which we also yeah. didn't drink for. No, we didn't. We did a bad. We, just, we were drinking anyway. Yeah. There uh, was super, superfluous drinking. There was. Uh, they. Okay. There's the muscle tussle. I think they just punched McCoy out. I think they just punched him in the fucking face and he is out like a light. Nobody was sad. No, yeah, no one cared. And But they also. <coughs> Sorry. I have COVID. Not really. I choked on my no, spit. No, you don't. I don't. I that don't. is less embarrassing than choking on your own <laughs> spit, though. Sarah died because she choked on her own spit. Is not... What happened was I remembered what happened. I inhaled because I got excited. <laughs> and I choked on it. It's fine. It's cool. Fine. Yeah. Let's okay. continue. So, uh, <laughs> now I don't remember. Oh, so... Because Bones narked, the lawmakers came in. And that's when the muscle tussle happened. So they actually knocked out three different people. There were two lawmakers and McCoy. So now that they've thrown their punches and these guys are all knocked out, 
they're like, okay, well, we can take their robes and we'll go to the Hall of Audiences and talk to Landrew. And the guys are the guys are scared. So this is the dad guy whose name yeah. I never wrote down and the, and the orange monk. And they're like, yeah. we can't just go do that. You can't just go talk to Landrew. And fucking Kirk says, act like men. And I just want to insert a rant here because, and this has like nothing to do with the act like men part even, which is terrible in its own right. It has it's to be terrible. It is. I'm mad. I'm mad that Kirk has like no empathy for these two men. Like their fear that they have is legitimate. It is lifelong. It's trauma. It's trauma. They were raised in this environment. Like, and they have seen people literally their friend got blasted. Like, I don't know, half a day ago, in, right in yeah. front of them, for much less of a crime than he is telling them that they should be committing. Committing. And they've already, like, stood against Landrew. They're fighting against him. They're trying really hard. They, like, nothing about what they are doing should be considered shameful. No. And and the fact that they're afraid, I like, it's just, it's so frustrating. And then he says, act like men, which adds another layer on top of it to imply that they're fearful like women, which is not at all what's happening. They're dealing with currently living in their trauma. (laughs) Yeah. Like, this is bad. This is what, what Kirk is asking them to do is go there to die, basically. As far as they know, as far as they yep. can understand, like they don't know where Kirk came from. They don't know the Enterprise. They don't know Starfleet. To Kirk, it's like this is just another world that he's discovering. To them, this is the only world they've ever known. And it's so fucked up to think that other people can just overcome their trauma because you're not scared of it because you've never yeah, done it. Yeah, that is super fucked. Just to <sighs> point that out there, that's super fucked up. Yeah. And I mean, I think it's something that a lot of people are guilty of. And maybe we should all just kind of take a moment to understand. Your experiences are uh, always going to be different than other people's. But this is this is something that we that I've talked about a whole bunch with my therapist. Trauma can look like anything, because one of one of the things that I've discussed with her is that I have a really hard time looking up and researching PTSD, because when I do, it's almost entirely consisted of vets and war trauma. Um, Because that's when you think about PTSD, that's the vision that that you kind of imagine is that it's, it's a soldier or there's a lot of like domestic abuse situations. And I feel like my trauma doesn't compare well enough. Like it's not big enough to count. So I have a really hard time accepting it and like letting that be real uh, because it doesn't feel like I've earned uh, the the title PTSD. Uh, but what what she says that, again, I just can't eh, put it in my brain is essentially like trauma doesn't it's it's not like a it's not a scale. Essentially, it's just the worst day you've ever had, whatever that looks like, whatever that is. Yeah. Um, and, and you thought your life was in danger and you uh, couldn't defend yourself. And that comes in a lot of different Forms. Uh, forms, yeah. It's it's yeah. no less traumatic what I experienced. It's still trauma. It's still a trauma. Yeah. Um, and that's like basically what he's doing right now is like 
ignoring this huge lifelong trauma and being like, be fuck men. up, bitches. Yeah, be men about it. Because he doesn't take it seriously. He's not, he doesn't give it any respect or credence, even though it is no less uh, traumatic than anything that he's ever been through. But he doesn't, he's, there's no empathy. Just like you said, there's zero empathy for what they have been experiencing. And they're old dudes. This isn't like a brand new thing. It's a lifelong trauma that he's like, bitch. Yeah, man up. Yeah. It's so, <laughs> it's so dumb. And I think it's really important to point out like these, these men, which they are, are no less men because they're scared to go to this hall. <laughs> to die to from die. their God, by the hand of their God. <laughs> yeah. And so the dad guy, whose name I never wrote down, I'm sure he's an important person and deserves his IMDb own knows. I mean, let's write it. Well, make a note right now. We need to write in the uh, description of the podcast. Like, <laughs> Kirk and his crew team up with something. With this guy, his name. His we'll name. Write it in there so it's like part of the episode. We'll write uh, the dad equals blah, blah, blah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They, there's an adventure with. The dad. The dad. <laughs> We're really bad at names. I got, yeah. It's Tula's dad. What else do you need? I don't yeah. he, he starts freaking out at this point because it's fucking scary. And he's like, I don't, I changed my mind. Like, I don't want to fight against Landrew. Like, Repenting. Landrew. Yeah, There's no like, atheist in foxholes. That's what they always say. He's terrified. He thinks he's yeah. going to die. And so he's like, nope, I, I fucked up. Uh, Landrew's gonna save us all. Yeah. So let's uh let's just everything is fine. And to and the other the other guy, the monk at this point, is also kind of like, oh yes, yes, I like also Landrew that I mean to me too, me too. Me too, me too. He's slightly less though. He's just the tiniest bit less freaked out, and therefore Spock only Vulcan nerve grips, death grip. I don't know what it's actually called anymore. I'm gonna call it Vulcan Death Grip. Death. They don't die, and I realize that, but I'm still gonna call it that. They do that. He does that, and and the dad is now asleep. He's just taking a little nap. Nap, and nap. The orange monk is like, okay, like I will take you to the hall of audiences. And Kirk, from this point on, he is such a fucking dick to literally everyone, yeah. and I hate it. I hate it so much. He's yeah. like just talking to the monk. He's like, open the doors. And he's like, but this is this is Landrew. Yeah, like, this I, is the sacred space. Yeah. I can't and, just open the doors. And Kirk's like, open them, bitch. And so yeah. the guy like bows and the doors open. And Kirk goes in and he's just like, We're the Archons. Uh, we want to speak to you. And the projection comes up on the wall across from them. Uh, they have this whole stupid conversation about like this is the trope of Star Trek that I want to punch whoever writes it every time. <laughs> like it's just Kirk talking a computer down. Like, yeah. like Kirk can confuse a computer into exploding. That's, that's what exactly what happens. He's like, 
so uh, you're here for good, right? And the guy's like, yeah, yeah. no, I, I'm, I'm only good. I exist for good. I maintain good. And the guy's like, but also you're kind of bad. And the computer's like, no, I'm good. And Kirk's like, but if you're supposed to be raising this humanity and they can't be creative, then you can't be good. Yeah. You must be hurting them. And that's the computer kills itself. Yeah. We're not quite there yet, but that is what eventually happens. There's a few points in between. I'm not going to go through it all because it's so fucking stupid. There's a few points in between where Spock reminds Kirk once again, that this is just a recording and he can't talk to it. And so they shoot a hole through the projection into the wall in the background and that's where Landru is and Landru is a machine and this is where Kirk is like you he does all of that basically you are the harm you are the harm like they have this conversation that I fucking hate by the way like I hate everything that this episode stands for not just because it's stupid but also because it's harmful it's like a harmful message he says freedom of choice is needed for creativity and without creativity like we're not people basically and i don't like i guess on some level but like he is i get what he's saying like these people have no freedom of choice they have no creativity and this is where spock spock even comes in and says like a body like that's hurting the body a body without creativity isn't is weak it's damaged it's bad or whatever but like i also at the same time like i feel like this is just saying like everybody should just be able to do whatever the fuck they want regardless of anything and you're preventing them from doing that i i took it a little differently okay um in that a lot of uh i've heard a lot of convert not movies probably i don't know tv shows i don't read or anything um but i've heard a lot of people talk about you know basically art being the only human thing like that's why humanity is humanity is because they can create art and if you take away free will there's no there will no there won't be art there won't be music there won't be anything that makes humans feel like you're taking the soul away essentially and i I kind of thought that that's what um they were trying to get at that it's not like if you take free will, then we're all going to be terrible. It's like, if you take free will, then we can't be, we can't even have the choice to be creative and awesome or shit bags. Yeah. And while I do technically agree with that, it's just, I think I, I think the word freedom has kind of been like sullied for me a little bit. Yeah. It's a little dirty. Yeah, like, I understand this idea that, like, you want to be, like, a free soul or a free spirit. That makes sense to me, but... but that the- doesn't mean you should get to make decisions that are going to intentionally endanger others because others. you want to be a selfish douchebag yes. and not wear a fucking mask, for instance, <laughs> freedom. Exactly the point that, like, comes to me. <laughs> I I mean, that makes sense. Like, that's what I, like, I think that it's just, it's just sullied in my mind because all I think of is, like, the freedom to wear a mask and, or not wear a mask, I guess. There are situations where it's not feasible for a, for certain people to wear, not wear And not just because you get out of breath sometimes. Not medical reasons, even. Karen. Yeah. Yeah. Karen. (laughs) Like, you know what? It's not ideal wearing a mask in the grocery store. I get it. But if you're not going to die. Yeah, 
you should wear a mask because if you're not, you could kill someone else. And that's just the way it is. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's freedom. Freedom to not yeah. kill people, not refusing to wear it because you're a douchebag. Yeah, I think maybe that's the difference between freedom and patriotism. Like, a real patriot would be protecting your fellow citizens. Yeah. See, I think, I think patriotism has also been solid in my mind. It started in, like, in the 9-11 era. Like, that's when patriotism became became like pageantry and it's just gotten worse since then and so being a patriot is like slur well i mean i I mean so is freedom yeah oh yeah same thing yeah it's i think that when i say this i'm trying to say it in the most literal of terms where you love your country and you love people who are part of your country, which is everyone in your country. Yeah. Everybody. And so protect everyone in your country by wearing a mask. And the laws and the roads and the taxes it takes to get those. Yeah. <laughs> you know. I, I got a lot of gripes, okay? <laughs> no, we're getting a little off, off subject. Yeah. It felt a lot like he was saying that they should have the freedom to make these choices, which technically true. They should have that because they need it for creativity, which I don't know how they got on the creativity subject. I think that was supposed to be the crux of their argument. (laughs) It it didn't do very well with it. (laughs) They didn't. And somehow with this convoluted conversation about freedom and creativity, they literally make the computer explode itself. It gets like so confused that it blows up. It's like, no, but I'm making this perfect world. But I guess. Andrew, help me. Help me. Help me. It just keeps saying that because that's how they love doing things. And then it explodes. Yep. Oh, we also mentioned Prime Directive here like three more times. But the Prime Directive that they're talking about is the Prime Directive that this computer has. Yeah, not them their prime directive but they're saying like your prime directive is to like prevent evil and with everything you're doing you're creating evil but you are evil evil. and so that's how they make it explode itself i also want to point out at at one point when they're talking to landrew they do say landrew died six thousand years ago and he programmed you and you're just a computer Never at any point is it mentioned who Landrew is or how they know that it was 6,000 years ago. It's dumb. The whole thing is dumb. How do you know it's 6,000 years ago? That's a very specific amount of time ago. Maybe they just saw it on a wall or something. It was on a poster. The poster. There's like Landrew posters. I mean, any good dictator is going to have a poster or two. The time before Landrew, 6,000 years ago. Yeah. It's so stupid. The computer has exploded itself. And now I'm mad again. I'm going to go back. What? I know. It's crazy. Here's why I am mad all over again. Because now that the computer has exploded itself... Uh, Kirk calls back to the ship. Sulu's normal again. Everything's fine. Uh, there's no more beams. Like they're ready to beam everyone up. And so as as this is happening, Kirk is like walking out of this room where the exploded computer is. Oh and yeah, I know why you're mad. <laughs> I'm so 
fucking mad to the monk guy who, by the way, saved the day by facing yeah. his fears and bringing them here. Yeah. He says, like, hey, good luck figuring all of this out now that you don't yeah. have, like, the one thing that was ruling your community. And yeah. oh, see you, bitches. He literally says, good luck with all of this. Like, yeah. Is yeah. so insensitive. It's it's the, really shitty. It's so dumb. And then he walks by the two lawmakers who are now just two very confused humans who no longer have like this drive a, that they've had their sense whole of being. Life. Yeah, they have no purpose. No purpose. And he just says to them, "Nice robes. Probably should start looking for other jobs." It is so the mindset that makes me mad today like oh well you like your circumstances are your own doing good luck fixing them now that i've basically ruined everything you've ever yeah. known yeah um i created this whole mess but good fucking luck cleaning it up assholes <laughs> i think that maybe what adds to it is we we do get a captain's log just after this where the enterprise has left but they have sociologists that are staying behind. And whoever whoever is the guy's name that we don't know is the head sociologist. Yeah. That's the guy. We just don't remember his name. But yeah. that was the important role that he played in the show. It wasn't just that he was there with him. He went down because he was a sociologist and he's going to remain to rebuild their society after Kirk ruined it. Yeah. They said... Uh, rebuilding the society to some form of like human, but yeah. I find that interesting because if they are from this planet originally, they are not. They look yeah. human, but they're yeah. probably they're not Earthlings. That's yeah. for sure. <laughs> that's also like really shitty, and I don't think that TNG would have done it. I think TNG would have been like, "This sucks," but this is their thing. Like, it's like they would have fought to get out, but they wouldn't yeah. have dismantled the entire society. Um, yeah. at the same time, because like the prime directive says, and that's the argument that they had, they're not humans. That's not their culture. Like you don't understand somebody's culture just because you don't like it. Yeah. Who knows? And I feel like possibly the next generation also would have discussed, like, is it their responsibility to yeah. fix it? Fix it. Because we don't know who Landry was 6,000 6, years ago. Yeah. And we don't know who the Archons are, even though it's implied they're the people, the first Archons were the people from the original starship that went down 100 years ago. Yeah, we don't know. But we they don't, don't know. They don't explain so much in this episode. And it's just like, I think that's just the callousness of how Kirk left these people. Yeah. Like, I feel like he did that, and he was ready to be gone. And Starfleet was like, you can't just leave them now. Yeah. You have to do something. And that's when he was like, okay, we'll leave the sociologist behind. <laughs> like, that we've never him. had on the show. But like, nobody cares about that asshole. Yeah. Fine, we'll leave that I guess, guy. I guess he can stay. It's just all, all sorts of fucked up. Like, fuck Kirk and his, like, insensitive personality i don't yeah i hate him he's I, terrible he's the worst it was he was actually doing okay in this episode up until that point it was like the last five minutes came around and they were like 
we should make Kirk an asshole, right? Yeah, that's what they do in so many episodes, though. They're like, well, Kirk could just be a decent person, or let's try this. He can say the shittiest possible thing that he could say. Yeah. And they always go with the shitties. Like, they take the shitty route every time. Every time. And then, like, he has this small conversation with Spock where he says that Spock would make an excellent computer because Spock was basically just saying that he prefers, um, like, practical things, things that he can feel and calculate and understand. And so Kirk's like, well, you'd make a great computer. And he's like, well, thank you. Yeah, cool. Yeah. I think so, too. Yeah, I also think I'd make a great computer. Agreed. (laughs) But I also, at this point, don't think that Spock would have taken that as a compliment, really. Like, he's still a person. Yeah, he's He's, not a computer. He's better than Landrew. Like, Landrew is just, like, a series of zeros and ones that make him do, like, this thing that he does. Spock is half human, half Vulcan, Neither of which are computers. <laughs> like, has culture. Like that's that's there's culture. A, there's so much culture. Like the Vulcan culture is an extremely important part of the show. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. So all in all, we're gonna give I would give this like a C minus, a D. Probably yeah. a D. We're not even done. <sighs> I know, I'm sorry, Carrie. I know you're so done with it. I thought it was over. No, the, we have a couple more moments because Kirk's not done being an asshole. He has to get the last line and it has to be the worst line. The guy, (laughs) the sociologist calls up and he says, we have a lot of squabbles and domestic disputes. Um, It's definitely, it's not paradise, but it's definitely human. He's saying like, you know, now there's all sorts of emotions happening and probably creating violence. Yeah. That will come from these emotions, not just violence that during the, I don't know, the red hour. Is that what they called it? Yeah. The yeah. red 12 hours. The red 12 hours, the red half day. <laughs> yeah. And Spock says, how often mankind has wished for such a peaceful world. And Kirk says, but they never got it. I guess we were just lucky. And that's the end. Yeah. Like, it wasn't perfect. Nothing about it was perfect. No, nothing about Like, that was not a peaceful ideal anything. It was... So, again, I'm going to reiterate, it was like a D. Mm -hmm. And they're not, these these shows, it's not getting better. It's, I, there were some episodes where I I had hope and I feel like maybe we shouldn't have. I'm, I'm, season two, maybe it'll get better. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, we definitely have to finish this now. Oh, we're going. We're in. But it just is not, it's getting more painful instead of less painful. And I was expecting it to get less painful. It's, I think technically we've used less trigger warnings, but it's yeah. almost stupider. Like, yeah. Yeah. Trigger so warnings awful. gave us something to talk about. Yeah. Other than just it being dumb. <laughs> yeah. Being yeah. mad that none of it even makes sense. I guess what I'm going to take away from this, the okay thing about it is that this was probably the episode that created the Borg later on. Yeah. And they're, they're cool. They're not cool. They're, they're very not cool. No, they're not cool, Sarah. It's a good storyline. They're well written. Yeah, at least in TNG. And it makes and sense. And also Picard. 
I thoroughly enjoyed Picard. And it makes sense. It's it's a logical yeah. thing that is a part of the story. And like this one-off episode that's garbage. <laughs> Such garbage. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so stupid. Um, I guess we're going to sign off here. Yeah. And our, I, I guess ending argument is that we should have empathy for people who have different circumstances than us. Absolutely. Yeah, as opposed to Kirk, who does not. Yeah. Kirk sucks. <laughs> Kirk sucks. Live long and prosper. <laughs> <laughs>